We as Americans, all of us, need to stop, you know, pretending that this country is something that it's not and just deal with what it is. You know, we can move forward and we can heal when we are dealing with what it is and stop drinking the Kool-Aid about the American myth. All righty, kids. Welcome in. Another fun week of your favorite weekly Alabama political podcast. It is yes. Alabama politics this week. Josh Moon and David Person. How are things going, David? Man, things were okay on this uh, very cloudy day. Cloudy yeah. outside. Yeah, it has been raining a little bit. First mm. time, uh, first time in a few days, though. So it's uh, maybe maybe to get up. Get on out of here, and uh, we can uh, get back to the uh, to the sun in the uh, '80s and '90s, uh, where I like it to be. Mm. And uh, man, I've I've enjoyed the last uh, couple of days. Yeah, I really have. It uh, uh, the the sunshine and, and you know, high mid '80s, high '80s, and uh, it's it's been nice. It's been beautiful. It's been, nice. been beautiful. It really has. Yeah. Really has. Really has. All right. So we got a we got a good show. I think I think it's going to be a good show. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, you can judge us at the end. Uh, you know, whatever. Uh, sliding scale. Uh, we we've got a representative Jeremy Gray going to join us. Uh, he is uh, uh, you know, he's trying to push uh, uh, indoctrination of uh, uh, the Hindu faith on your children through yoga. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's right. Namaste. Um, and, uh, and, you know, and then we've got several topics that we're going to talk about. We're going to run through, uh, what's happened in Huntsville, uh, with, uh, with the police review, uh, there of what took place last summer, uh, during protests there. And then several other matters, uh, with your, your state legislature and your uh, attorney general. Uh, I think our attorney general ought to be our right wing nut of the week again this week. I, I just, um, I, can I go feel for like that. that's coming. I can go. I feel like that. that's coming. Uh, can I, for, can I, for, I just want to go back though to our, our guest, Jeremy Gray. Um, yeah. you know, I, I, it just, the thought went through my mind and, you know, we talk about religion in ways sometimes that I think is really kind of off putting, you know, so what's wrong with being Hindu? <laughs> There's nothing well, wrong nothing. with being Hindu. There's nah, nothing nah. wrong with being Muslim. There's nothing wrong. You know, we are a pluralistic society. There's nothing wrong with being, with practicing whatever faith a person wants to practice. Mm-hmm. You know, that's their right as an American. Yeah. yeah. You know? I mean, listen, I, I'm all for you. And honestly, it kind of reminds me of a discussion I was having with a friend of mine one time and we were talking about politics and we, we agree on, on uh, pretty much everything you know, politically. And, uh, and we were talking about people using the term socialism. Uh, and, and I just remember him saying, the hell is wrong with socialism? You right. know, I mean, it's, it's not, you know, you're, you're not talking about, first of all, you don't really understand what you're talking about. And, and right. secondly, socialism plays a pretty big role in American life on a daily basis. Uh, you know, enjoy those roads and cops and, you know, schools. Uh, and, and, and that's, you know, uh, I think it's kind of the same way, uh, you know, people, people are, just, I mean, the, dude, the committee, the, the public hearings on this bill for him were just insane. They yeah. were the pe- the things people said were so off the wall crazy. Uh, and there was a there was a columnist for AL.com uh, that wrote something about how it, it's okay uh, because we've taken these limits on uh, uh, on this 
to to pass the yoga bill because it's you know we've we've removed all of the elements of Hindu from it, and it was it was an insane column. I mean, it was just I mean, of all the things for you to worry about, you know, it just it, you know, it, yeah. Listen, if your religion is that fragile, then maybe you need to find another religion. Well, I would say that, and I say that as a as a as a church going practicing Christian, and I would also say that the reality is. If I mean, let's be real. In Alabama schools, mm-hmm. Hindus aren't going to be teaching yoga. Christians are going to be teaching yoga. <laughs> right. You know, it, it, you know, probably nine times out of ten, if not ten times out of ten. So again, there's this whole just sort of cognitive disconnect between fears and yep. reality. You know, but yeah, anyway. it's it's crazy. I, 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 hey, I'll tell you this: it's part of that column that I was, I was mentioning, and I cannot remember the. It was a, it was a female columnist. Mm. Um, not that I'm you know, degrading females in any way. I'm just trying to identify who it was. Right, I can't right. remember her name. I want to think her Dana something or, or other. Uh, uh, but it, part of that was that you know there there are really good Christian uh, yoga practices out there. I don't doubt that at all, but I mean, it seems like a really weird argument for your anti-religion yoga uh, defense. You know what I mean? It just, yeah. I, 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 well, listen, I know you got a real problem with this Hindu yoga, but we've got <laughs> Christian yoga. So don't worry. You know, it's just, uh, it just is all, you know, how about we just don't worry about the, the religion part of it and just let the kids stretch. Yeah. You know, I don't, it's, how about that? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I just, you know, hey, yeah. speaking of a stretch and how you like that segue, that's why I make big dollars. That's it. Um, that's, it. that's right. Yeah, that's, that's the reason. Um, the DAs, uh, half of the DAs in Alabama apparently now have signed on to a letter that uh, encourages your state legislature not to pass the medical marijuana bill. Uh, hmm. You know. And, and their stated um, reason for this is. Oh, it would you know? Listen, it's a slippery slope. Uh, it's a it's a slippery slippery slope. Matter of fact, that uh, now the uh, the updated story says more than half of the district attorneys in Alabama are pushing to block medical marijuana. Uh, it's a story by Ramsey Archibald Nail dot com today. Uh, district attorneys representing just over half of Alabamians jumped into the legislative debate this week, calling marijuana a gateway drug and attempting to block Alabama from joining most of the nation in allowing medical marijuana. 23 of the state's 42 top prosecutors, including two from larger urban counties around Huntsville and Mobile, signed a letter to Alabama lawmakers in opposition. Uh, they urged state lawmakers to kill a bill that would make Alabama the 37th state to, to approve medical marijuana. Uh, many did not sign, including district attorneys in Jefferson and Montgomery counties. Daryl Bailey, that's my boy, uh, did not uh, did not lock, jump onto this thing. So yeah, man. Mm. Um, hmm. Well, you know, I I've always thought that the gateway drug argument was dubious. Uh, I don't I don't know that. Uh, you know, in fact, the way it's been explained to me, and and again, mm-hmm. I'm speaking as somebody who I will admit is naive on this topic because I've never smoked marijuana or smoked anything actually. But yeah, me, me. <laughs> you didn't say that with quite the kind of clarity and authority sorry, that you normally did, say things. I don't. I I'm don't. sorry. Did you did you say marijuana? Uh, uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm, I misunderstood. <laughs> But but here's my thing. Um, uh-huh. The way it's been explained to me 
it's that uh, it's not the drug that is, you know, supposedly the gateway. It may be the culture around the use of the drug. It may be the people that you associate with. But just simply smoking marijuana does not automatically mean that you are now on the highway to becoming a crackhead or a heroin addict or Mm -hmm. a cokehead or whatever it Mm -hmm. is. I mean, that just, I don't think there's anything to that. I just, I've always thought that was a dubious argument. You know what I think? uh, You know what I I would believe? Yeah. I, I would believe an argument that said that marijuana is a gateway drug because it remains illegal, forcing people to go uh, through um, shady characters and to go to illegal, you know, uh, participate in an illegal activity to procure it, mm-hmm. which then makes them more likely to uh, participate in an illegal activity to procure other drugs, okay. other illegal drugs. Okay, I, I would, I would buy, I would buy something along those lines, mm-hmm. which then would lead me to believe uh, that if you legalized it, uh, that would remove uh, some yeah. of those, uh, some of those, uh, activities that you would go to. Now, I think even that argument is really, really, really thin. So thin you could see through it. Uh, but I think that is, is maybe a far more likely scenario than simply saying you smoking marijuana leads you to other drugs. That's just not the way that it works. Right. Uh, marijuana is not like these other drugs. As a matter of fact, alcohol, which is currently legal, is much more like some of these other drugs. Uh, with, uh, and I mean, you can't, the the number of alcohol bills you can get cases of wine delivered to your house now right. okay right. uh and and never have to leave the couch and so we're we're okay with that but now if you would like to have uh marijuana which by the way under this bill cannot be uh dispensed in any form that could be smoked or vaped or even produced as such in the state uh it has to be in you know some pill form for the most part um that that's the under this law. That's the way you have to get it. Now we're going to say that that is as dangerous as alcohol. Yeah, I, just, I mean, get out no of here. Way. Yeah, just, I mean, just get out of here with that. I mean, yeah. it just. I mean, and, and what kills me, man? What kills me are these same people who are okay with opioid companies. Yep. You know, yep. uh, distributing this crap mm-hmm. all over the place mm-hmm. uh, and never saying a word here. Now, now they're all up in arms because a natural plant right. is going to be prescribed. <laughs> yeah, right. something's going. Yeah. It's from the earth, man. Yeah. God put this here for us, for you and me. Well, uh, I, I know, I know you're saying smoking. that at least halfway facetiously, but I actually believe that. I actually mm-hmm. believe that marijuana as a plant has medicinal purposes, and that's what mm-hmm. it's supposed to be used for. Yes. And I, and I actually believe that. I, I'm going to say, you know, God put it there. <laughs> I actually believe God put it there mm-hmm. for us. I actually think that based on some, and I know this is, this is a tangential kind of comment here, but I actually think the same thing about tobacco. I just don't think we're using it correctly. You know, smoking it. You know, for mm-hmm. for you know the way that people smoke it, I don't think is the way it was intended to be used. There's, Absolutely not. Yeah, there's it is intended to be used. It's intended to be used by chewing it slightly and then placing it over a bee sting. That's the way it's or a wasp sting. Uh, well, that's the way you're. Well, well, <laughs> that's actually well, actually, that's where I'm going. I think that yeah. from what I understand, there are 
there's uh, there's documentation out there that says that there's a medicinal use for tobacco on mm-hmm. on wounds and things. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't. I mean, I'm no scientist. I'm no clinician. Maybe that's wrong, but but I suspect again that that um, you know whether you're talking about tobacco or marijuana, you know, these are things as we said that grow out of the earth. They're not mm-hmm. synthetically generated, and right. and we have people. You know, the drink, the take pills, all of these things are a byproduct yeah. of some kind of synthetic process. Oh, no doubt. You yeah. know what I've often, what's often uh, humored me, I guess, mm-hmm. is th- thinking of the process that led people to figure these things out. Uh, you know, the, what you could smoke and get high off of. I mean, what all did what all do you think they smoked before they found the right plants? I mean, you know what I mean. How many things you think they smoked before they try the fern now? Try the fern, you know. Let's try the fern. Uh, I mean, that's, you know, what about this cactus? You think this cactus would work? Uh, uh, it's just, you know, uh, uh, just uh, you know, man. It uh, it's just so dumb. Uh, and I was going to read uh, part of this letter here. This is this is part. Honestly, God, this is in twenty twenty one. This is a real letter from the real district attorneys that you people elect. Uh, well, I guess not you people. If you're listening to our podcast, there's a good chance you didn't elect any of these people. But um, marijuana is a wolf in sheep's clothing. Too many in the general public have been convinced that it is harmless. That is perhaps the biggest lie that is being perpetrated on the Alabama public today. Please don't further the lie by voting for any form of legalization beyond the pharmaceutical remedies already available under state law. So, so that's the, that's the substance of their pitch to people. And where's the, where's the, I mean, in light of all of the evidence that speaks to the contrary, where's their evidence that this is a lie that, that marijuana is, some evil weed. Where's the evidence of that? I I, I just uh, there there's not, man. Uh, you know what? It, it is evil the way we're doing it right now because it has ruined the lives of millions of people. Uh, I mean, really, it, it has. I mean, the way the way that we do this, and, and a lot of those people. Uh, there, matter of fact, there was a uh, a veteran uh, that came through our state a couple of years ago uh, and got locked up uh, because he had a a valid prescription and and marijuana on him and was locked up because of it. Mm. Um, and you know those sorts of things, man, it's so stupid, yeah. it's so dumb. That if, I'm telling you right now, if you remove their names and you did not know anything and you just put the harmful effects of marijuana. And alcohol and listed them down, right down yep. in, in columns side by side. Yep. There is no way, yep. no way you would legalize alcohol over marijuana. Zero to especially, especially if you remove the smoking part of marijuana out of that. I agree. Uh, and just did and just did the edibles. I mean, there's no chance you would you would approve alcohol. There's no chance, man. But you know, that's this is where we are, and it's just. Uh, it, that's this is what frustrates me so much with our with our government and and thanks so much is so much of it is not based on you, these people are being disingenuous and you know we all know they're being disingenuous all right they're they're lying they're they're straight up lying so what's about their motive, stuff. Josh what, I, I think the motive is money I think their motive is money so they want to uh, continue know? to be able to lock people up and issue mm-hmm. fines and whatever. Mm-hmm. I think so. I think that's exactly what they want to be able to do. They want to be able, uh, you know, they, they enjoy, uh, you know, uh, prosecuting people for these small time marijuana offenses, uh, where I think a lot of these DAs see them for what they are. As a matter of fact, the, the uh, Birmingham 
uh, city of Birmingham and Randall Woodfin last week uh, issued uh, a proclam or executive order uh, doing away with uh, it was a bunch a bunch of uh, of minor med- uh, marijuana offenses in this in the city. Uh, and, and if I'm not mistaken, I believe the DA there in Jefferson County, uh, Danny Carr has agreed not to prosecute people for minor, uh, marijuana offenses anymore. Um, I mean, that's look, you, you don't get people doing this like this. I mean, that, you know, there are bigger problems for us out there than, than these small time things, people smoking a little weed. It's nothing different than people walking around, uh, drinking a can of beer, you yep. know? I mean, it's really yep. not. As a matter of fact, it's more healthy, but it's yep. just, it's just so dumb. I mean, and it just, you know, there has never in the history of all mankind been an overdose from marijuana, uh, you know, for, and you, you can tell these, these people that, that try this horror story nonsense with it, it's just so overblown and so overdone. And the, and the minute they, they get finished with the story, you compare it to something related to, to alcohol. And it's just such a minor, mm. it's such a minor thing. You know, it just doesn't, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm really fed up with them. I'm really, you know, I just, well, I and hopefully they'll do the right thing. And, you know, you, you got a doctor pushing it and God knows that you know, Melson is not a, a Tim Melson is, is not some liberal, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, but I, I think so, it'll help a lot of people. So in addition to the money motive, I'm going to say there's also another backdrop for all of this. If I you would think, say you're right. If you think about if you think about the trend towards looking at opiate addiction as something that society has to oh, we gotta start showing compassion for these people. We gotta start mm-hmm. caring for them. We gotta this is a public health crisis. Okay. So they're they're treating that that way, but they're mm-hmm. still criminalizing marijuana, which does not have, as far as I know. I've never seen any evidence that would suggest that it has remotely the kind of impact on a person's life, health, and well-being that opioids do. Yet that's still a criminal thing, but opioids mm. are not. Why do you think that is, David? Well, let's see. Let's, let's take a look at that. Who's being more affected by opioids increasingly? Well, it's mm-hmm. white Americans. That is. Who's, who's, who? who seems to be, and I don't know that, I don't really know what the numbers are, but whether it's accurate or not, marijuana use is still, accurately or not, associated primarily with the black community, even though Mm -hmm. we know there are plenty of white people that get high. I've known white people that get, I've been around white people that were getting high. Who are these people, David? (laughs) (laughs) Well, some of them live in Five Points in Huntsville, but that's as far as I can go. Uh, that's the last uh, time I was around some. That's where yeah. we were, where they were. I mean, they the live joint. in your suburbs. <laughs> they live in your nice in your nice neighborhoods. Uh, uh, no, listen, I, you're you're 100 right, and there are you know yeah. a, a bunch of studies out there that that show um, marijuana use is as prevalent among white. Uh, people as it is among African Americans, but uh, that blacks uh, are locked up at two to three times the rate uh, for possession and distribution uh, than white people are. Uh, even even though the numbers are 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 basically the same. Did you ever hear uh, uh, my man on uh, MSNBC, Chris? Um, 
I'm going to find his name here in just a second. Oh, Chris Hayes. He told this really, this to me was eye-opening because this is the first mm-hmm. time I'd ever heard a firsthand account of what we're talking about. Chris Hayes told this story once on his show about how when he was a much younger man, he and uh, I think his, his then girlfriend, who's now his wife, were with, I think, her father about to go into the Democratic National uh, Convention. I want to say it was in Philly or someplace. And mm-hmm. he had forgotten that he had like a dime bag or a nickel bag on him or something, right? Mm-hmm. So he kind of panics and he's thinking, man, this is, gonna, this is not going to go well for me. Because they had to go through a screening process. Right. Right. So uh, he, he, he gets to the point where he's to be screened. The officer is going through his stuff. He says he noticed the officer stops, kind of looks around, looks at him. The officer takes his bag, I think, and goes back somewhere and is having a conversation with somebody else. And then the, the, the short version is, and then eventually they just let him go on through. They don't no arrest. I don't even know if they confiscate confiscated the stuff, but mm-hmm. they just let him go on through. And after hearing that story, I thought, my God, that is that is it. That's mm-hmm. the problem, see? Mm-hmm. Because he's got white skin mm-hmm. and they don't know who his parents are. They don't know who he's connected to. So they just mm-hmm. think, oh, we're not going to bother this kid. But oh, if he had been black, man. he'd have been yeah. face down on the concrete with handcuffs yeah. on. Yeah, listen, let me tell you. Um, I'm, I'm going to tell you that I think pretty much every white person that's done any sort of living, uh, you know, there's some that haven't. But, you know, any, any white person that's done any sort of living has got a story like that. Uh, I mean, I've got one. I've got one. I was, I was close to being handcuffed in a, in a Jack's parking lot because we, had, we were a bunch of teenagers with a car full of beer. Um, and, uh, the, the people at Jack's ratted me out. I'll never go back. Haven't been in 30 years. Um, and yeah, that's right. I'm holding a grudge and I'm holding it strong. Yeah. There's I'm, been some times when I'm, Jack's was the only option. I went hungry. Uh, so <laughs> that's right. <laughs> One girl in a drive-thru did it. Boy, uh, you hold a grudge. Right. You hold a grudge. I'm holding a grudge, man. <laughs> I'm holding a grudge. And yeah, I mean, and a, a, a cop, an older cop showed up there. And uh, told the young guy, "Hey, man, they're eh, good kids. Let them go." We were not good kids, <laughs> but I mean, it's uh, you know, we we weren't you know, we weren't breaking into into banks or anything. But it was you know, we were uh, we we were out doing some stuff we shouldn't be doing. Right. And uh, you know, uh, now we were. I'll I'll say this: hundred percent, no lie, hundred percent. Nobody was drinking and driving. All right, so that was not. But we did have we did have a lot of beer in that car. So, <laughs> but then uh, you were underage. Uh, you know, and we were definitely underage. Yeah. Uh, so, but, but you were good you know. kids, and you were good white kids. We were good so. kids. We were good. We were good kids. We were good kids. Uh, you know, and and uh, you know, the cop that showed up had worked some at the at the high school, and so uh, I, he didn't. I didn't know him. He didn't know me. So uh, yeah, but so apparently we were good kids for no reason. But uh, you know, uh, it. Uh, I don't know. It's uh, you know that's what I'm saying. There's a there's a story like that for for a lot of a lot of people. Uh, and uh, and and not many stories like that for uh, for black kids. Not many. 
Not many. So, nope. but yeah, uh, I think that uh, I think that's also part of the problem here. Is uh, there, there's all, you know, I keep comparing marijuana to to alcohol. I think that's the easy comparison, but I, you know we should also compare it to to opioids because uh, marijuana in a lot of cases for doctors would be interchanged uh, for for opioids mm-hmm. uh, for for pain and other things, and and they would uh, they would use that instead. And and you know there's no question. Zero question that it's better for you than opioids. It's far less addictive, far less harmful to yeah. you. For, uh, it, you just don't have the same problems, and so. But uh, here's where we are. I just I don't you know? I don't know why we won't make the change, except for the things that we've talked about. You know, that it's just it's too deeply entrenched into the system. It's an easy it's easier for them to go forward with this mechanism because they know they'll make money. And because yep. of the racial connotation. I think that's just what yep. it is, period. I believe you are correct about that. And um, it's, a, it's a real, real shame. But, yeah, that's, uh, maybe, maybe, they'll, maybe they'll move forward with it. I know there's a lot of effort behind it. So maybe, maybe this will all be for naught. But we'll see. I think those DAs do carry a lot of weight with some of those house people. Uh, so, mm. which is a shame. But, uh, all right, let's slide out. We'll get Representative Jeremy Gray in here and, uh, you know, talk a little bit about the yoga experience and and, and some other things. All right, back in a minute. Alabama Politics This Week. Hey, everybody. Just wanted to remind you, if you would, take a moment and go to your favorite podcast destination and leave us a nice review if you would uh also don't forget to rate us if you get a chance Uh, that would really really help us out a whole lot here and uh, you know maybe we could earn some money off this thing every now and then thanks a lot guys Alrighty, welcome back in Alabama Politics This Week. Josh Moon, David Person, and we are happy now to be joined by Representative Jeremy Gray. Uh, it's, uh, I guess we should say, namaste. Uh, yeah, right. Or, or <laughs> maybe, well, maybe we should not say namaste. Maybe we shouldn't. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. Maybe, maybe we should not say namaste. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to think, I don't want people to think we're trying to indoctrinate them on this podcast through. Uh, Closet uh, Hindu. Yeah. Closet yeah, Hindu. But, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or Buddhist so, or whatever. I, listen, that that is, and God bless you. I know you did not want to be known as the guy who was the yoga bill sponsor, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean that's kind of how it's it's worked out, and uh, you know it's because honestly it's so absurd uh, that we can't get this bill passed, uh, and I think a lot of people nationally have looked at it as just it was just the absurdity of it. So, I guess give us an update. Where where do things stand? What, uh, you know, how do you feel about being the yoga guy? Uh, have you stretched today? Um, you know, this, just a general update. Hey, wait a minute. Before, uh, Representative Gray, before you answer that question, I need to, in the interest of full disclosure, I did stretch today. Oh, okay. I didn't chant. I just stretched. Okay, go ahead, Representative Gray. Well, as you know, it passed the House. Uh, we got it through the House. It passed through the Senate committee. After a little hiccup, so uh, essentially what happened on the tie vote, the bill failed. They brought it back for reconsideration, carried it over, came back the next week, and I was able to get it out of the the Senate committee. So now, um, just being kind of just my freshman term, understanding the Senate now is actually just sitting in rules, waiting to get picked. So it's been uh, requested to go on the special order calendar. We're just waiting on one. Um, senator 
to allow it to go on the calendar. So that's where we are right now. And hopefully in the next couple of days, uh, maybe next week, that we can get it on the calendar. But that's just the la- that's the last step before the governor has to sign it. So that's where we are right now with the bill. And as far as um, just me being the yoga guy, <laughs> no, when I when I first introduced the bill, that wasn't my intention. I thought it was an easy bill. I was like, well, 93, 2019, clearly, you know, everybody does yoga. So I didn't really think anything of it. And lo and behold, it's been, it's been a journey, right? It's been, it's been fun. It's been fun at times. And sometimes it's, it's the most ridiculous thing that I ever been through. But at the end of the day, I introduced the bill for kids in K through 12 public schools. So I, I think it is important that we understand it has some mental and physical benefits. And so I'm willing to fight for uh, the children in K through 12 public school. So I'm okay with the fight because I, I know it was from a good place and it will help kids. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I think your fellow, uh, your fellow Democrats suckered you uh, is what I think happened. Uh, they, they knew, they knew what was happening. And they said, let's let the rookie carry this. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and that's, I think that's exactly what they did. They, 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 we've seen this fight before. They, they've had this thing a few times and it's always this absurd. It is literally always this absurd. Um, and, and you're waiting on, uh, on Jabbo Wagner in the, in the Senate. He's yeah. in charge of the mm-hmm. rules over there. And, uh, a lot, a lot of people have waited a long time on Jabbo Wagner. <laughs> um, so that's nothing unusual, but, uh, you know, I guess, Talk about just the experience of not necessarily just the yoga bill, but but mm-hmm. also this this whole rookie, uh, you know, sort of term here and and what you've learned and and how much is it is it different than what you thought it was going to be? It is a little different, only because when you think about being a you know House representative of a legislature and you think about a legislator and the and how important this job is, and then you get in. He's like, okay, we share a clerk. 12, 13 people share one clerk. You know, mm-hmm. no one is checking your emails for you. So it's kind of like one of those things. This is a reality that this is a job that really doesn't come with a lot of help if it wasn't for our caucus. So our caucus really help us a lot because we have an internship and fellows program. And me being in leadership, understanding kind of like the struggle of being a lawmaker in the house we're able to put things in place where really you're just on your own. I mean, you get here, it's like the first day of college, right? And <laughs> you can tell who's the freshman because they have the map and they're, they're looking and you're trying to figure out what floor are you on, where to park. And so it's been an experience, but uh, one unique thing uh, about my just first year, a tornado hit my district and it, you know, it took the lives of 23 people. And so before I even, even step foot in session for the first day, the tornado had hit my district and it allowed me to have access to people and just support that I, I don't think I would have had if that had not happened. And so my journey has been a little different. Yeah, I was baptized by fire for, um, for sure. I mean, since the first day, mm-hmm. but just kind of commending Leader Daniels for putting me in um, leadership, being a minority whip and just bringing me along. So the process, has been thorough, but it's been easy because now my third year, I'm feeling like I've been here like maybe seven, eight years now, right? right. And so you, you're still learning because once you kind of understand the house, then it's a whole nother house, right? Mm-hmm. In the Senate. And so 
it's, it's a never ending learning process that every day we learn something new. Even those who've been here 20 years, 30 years, everyone is learning something new. And so it is a little different than on TV where you think you have a security and you have all these resources. It's not yeah. like that. But the Senate is a little different because uh, it's only 35 of them. And so they're accommodated a little bit more. But yeah, that's that was kind of the shocker uh, as like as far as how alone you are. Yeah. As a as a lawmaker in the house. So Representative Gray, um, <clears throat> I think in the interest of the people of Alabama, we need to get you to answer a few questions. And uh, we want truthful answers here, <laughs> Representative Gray. Uh, first of all, are you a closet Hindu or Buddhist? <laughs> no, sir. No, sir. I, I've been going to a Baptist church for 35 years. Uh, Greater Peace Baptist Church. I attend every Sunday. My pastor is uh, Clifford Jones. And so, I, I, I you know, I, I'm smart enough to read about things, but I, I can swear to you, I'm not a Buddhist or a Hindu or any of those things. I'm, I'm yeah. actually a black guy from an impoverished neighborhood, which most people in my neighborhood growing up wouldn't even understand what mm -hmm. yoga was in the first place, right? And so it'll be kind of foolish to think that I would, you know, be a Hindu or practice Hinduism because of something I learned through football. Okay. Uh, he said yeah, he reads books, David, so put that down in the negative column. Yeah, that's a negative. That's a negative. He's a reader. That's he a reads negative. books. Reads books. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a negative for sure. That doesn't count. counts against you. Uh, so um, let me also say, all kidding aside now, I see in your biography that you're a small business owner. Tell us about your small business. So um, I have, I started a business called Elevate Your Grind. It's a health and wellness uh, fitness business. I have apparel to go with it. And so um, really what I do, I, I go to places like hospitals and schools. I talk about health and nutrition, um, you know, sports-specific training with children, boot camps, yoga. So really I got into yoga really through being a fitness instructor. And so I just kind of took my clientele created a business and basically I, whatever I was doing in the gym, now I'm just doing it through my business and I'm making it more of an experience around health and wellness. So that's in the elevate your grind is just a catchy name that sure. I came up with. So all of that sounds good to me. Now I, it does occur to me when you said you talk about nutrition mm -hmm. that you might be, uh, you might be one of them damn vegans. I am. I am. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, Josh. Josh. <laughs> yep. The I man that needs barbecue, what are we going to do with uh, that? Well, I mean, it's, it's brought back to the Hindu in respect yeah, to the cow. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's, you know, I think it all ties <laughs> together. Seeing a straight yeah, line. No, here. Representative straight Gray, line. I, I'm just teasing you. I'm a vegan also. I've been a vegan okay, for okay. Uh, going on 30 years. So, yeah. Oh, so, man. Uh, so, you and I. Well, I'm at like year seven. I hadn't gotten to 30 yet. I hadn't gotten oh, to double digits. I'm so you, you come, yeah. you've become a vegan at a time in American history when it's easy, it's easier than it's ever been. You can just walk into Publix yeah. and get your not only yeah. your fruits and vegetables, but you can get your <laughs> vegan Wait a minute. Product. Is this vegan elitism that I'm hearing here? Is this what well, this is? Are you an, a, a vegan no, elitist? Is that what, you can go that? to Publix. You can go to Walmart. I mean... Vegan products, Josh, are everywhere. Uh -huh. They're everywhere. I, I would not know because I am a meatitarian, <laughs> uh, the opposite of a vegan. I eat no vegetables whatsoever. I don't like to see those vegetables suffer. Uh, and so I, 
<laughs> but you'll smoke weed, though. You smoke weed. The, the uh, weed is. Hey, man, come on now. It's easy. It's up. Burning up that plant, up. man. That's, that, is that not suffering? For He's, meditating. He's uh, meditating. It's from a cataracts. It's from a cataracts. <laughs> Uh, well, well, look, uh, Representative Gray, I just want to say uh, it, before we get out of here, thank you for introducing this bill. I hope it passes. You know, I'm a, I'm a practicing Christian as well. I go to church. Uh, I'm a Seventh-day Adventist. You know, I don't see any problem at all with yoga in any form, but especially not something as benign as what you're talking about. So. Congratulations. I hope that it passes. I think it'll be, I think it'll benefit, you know, millions of Alabama children. I agree. I just, hopefully he just, like you said, fall asleep at the wheel and somebody just <laughs> go on and put it on a special order calendar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll never know. He'll never know. But, but uh, before we, before we do get you out of here, uh, that, while I know that most people do know you as the, as the yoga bill uh, guy at this point, yeah, at which, you know, I, I, I think that's really unfair. Uh, but you, you have other, uh, you, you have other legislation, uh, that's been out there. Uh, matter of fact, one, uh, that I know we wanted to talk about was the, the innovate bill. And if you want just to, to talk about that just a little bit, tell, tell people what it does and, and, and why you were, or why you introduced that bill. Yeah, so um, earlier this year, maybe, well, maybe like last summer, I was appointed to Innovate Alabama by Governor Kay Ivey. And it was this commission of uh, tech and, um, you know, high tech industry people, you know, much smarter than me. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I was one of the four elected officials um, on this kind of commission is uh, Senator Reed, uh, Bill Poole and um, Senator Fortier and myself. Right. And so through this commission, um, you know, it's people like Alabama Power and BMW, all these different, you know, people on there. And we actually came up with an agenda as a group. And so from that discussion, we came up with two bills. Um, one is HB 540, and that's the start a innovation corporation. That's a public-private partnership that's separate from the government, right? And mm -hmm. so that allows you know no no barriers no you know red tape when it comes to bureaucracy and all those things and we felt like that would you know that that would make it better for for the business community and so i came behind in concert with hb 609 and so it's a matching fund for basically research and development and so when we think about research and development um those are that's basically the, the time where you're trying to whatever product you're trying to you know, form a mold, the most money goes into that, right? Because mm -hmm. you're trying to make sure it's efficient, the right size, the right age, and all those things. And so we found out that Alabama really doesn't um, give a center for matching funds on a state level, like a Georgia or, or North Carolina. And so this bill simply just takes what the federal level is doing with, you know, SBIR, which that small business innovation, and then you have STTR, and that's just the same thing with technology. And it's a federal fund. All we're doing is matching it on the state level so we can incentivize people to take advantage of that and attract businesses into Alabama, which we call high-risk, high, high, high high-reward tech and startup. So this is a bill that was just a recommendation from the commission. And I was able to actually um, carry this bill. And, you know, I was proud to carry it because it's going to help from Huntsville 
with uh, aerospace all the way to Mobile, which you talk about Austin and just the port and Airbus. So this is a great step for Alabama. This is a bipartisan um, bill, and this is probably one of the most important bills in this session, um, besides yoga, because I think that is right. pretty important as well. Right. But I think this is a, a great bill, and it's a great bill for me to have. And so I, I'm just applaud and you know, elated to actually be able to carry this bill. So we just passed it out of the Senate yesterday, um, uh, Economic Development Committee. And so it's on the fast track because it's a priority for the speaker and the Senate pro team. So it will, it will get to the special order calendar yeah. um, no matter what. So that's what yeah, we're it's, uh, it's amazing how uh, when the right people – uh, get behind a bill. It's uh, how right, fast things right. how fast things go. And, right. uh, uh, right. and but listen, I'm going to disagree with. You. First of all, I think I do. I agree. I, I think it's a it's a great bill for for innovation and and will will help a lot. Uh, but I'm going to disagree on it being the most important bill that you carried uh, because the most important bill that you carried and the best bill that you carried was not the yoga bill and it was not this bill. It is the mm-hmm. bill to do away with straight party voting. Um, but that didn't go nowhere. <laughs> right. It didn't go anywhere. Hey, but that's not, listen, some of the best yeah. bills don't, and it doesn't mean they that's weren't right. good bills. It means that, that some, in some cases they were too good. Uh, right. and, right. and I think that bill was too good and, uh, and they'll never do it. Uh, and, you know, I guess if you're, you're, you're the king, you make the rules and that's kind of how the Republicans are, are handling a lot of this stuff. But, um, you know, it would change, it would change Alabama, uh, for, uh, forever. Uh, if we did That's away with that, um, That's a you great know. bill. You're right. Yeah. I forgot about that bill. I I suppressed that bill because I got so much. <laughs> it wasn't just Republicans. It was everybody. I was <laughs> like, I actually looked this up. And I know this bill will work for us in the future. But, you know, sometimes like many other people, you know, where it is come to innovation and forward thinking, sometimes it's going to take like 10 years to say, man, Representative Gray, he was right. He told us. <laughs> That if we didn't get rid of this, we will be stuck in the same position for the next 20 years. So hopefully somebody comes to their senses to understand that straight party ticket voting doesn't really work for Democrats in Alabama anymore. It it did work uh, when we were in power, but it won't work now because you can take one issue, no debating, no anything, right? Mm -hmm. And you can get a Tuberville and and, and people don't understand that. That's what they're doing. That's the playbook. They'll say that they don't believe in straight ticket party voting, but they have evolved and they really use it to their advantage. And so we we need to wake up as a party, understand that. But I won't bring it back unless (laughs) I got to at least have my own people on board. You know, you you feel me? (laughs) Oh, I know exactly what you mean. Listen, it's a it it is a uh, it's hard for I think a lot of people to do that because you have to stand on your own two feet and and have good ideas and uh, and and convince people in your district to vote for you. And a lot of people would rather just rely on that. But I'll I'll tell you this: even for the party in power, a lot of times this thing isn't good because you get a lot of folks that aren't really. Um, you know, aren't really Republicans or aren't really Democrats uh, that join up with your party simply because they know that's where the people are going to vote. Uh, you know, yeah, so I, you know, I, to me, it's it's a it's a it, let people win on their own merit, and right. I think that's what government's yeah. supposed to be. I, but I, you know, uh, but I'll say this: you are a lot like me because I think we both believe even if our ideas don't go anywhere in ten years, people will know we're right. You know, <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> I think you muted up there, Dave. Sorry. Thank you. I have been against straight ticket voting for years. And it used to bother me that Democrats 
you know, with whom I, you know, I mean, I voted mostly for Democrats all my life. But it used to bother me that there was mm-hmm. this this really almost evangelical kind of zeal. Vote straight ticket, vote straight ticket. No, yeah. man, encourage people to think. Mm-hmm. Encourage them to, and then mm-hmm. make the cogent, solid argument, you know? Straight yep. ticket voting to me is the antithesis yeah. on, at a spiritual level. It is the antithesis of what democracy is all about. Yeah. That's no, a, yeah. Hey, that's what I people uh, will always say whenever I talk about that. Well, when's the last time you voted for a Republican? I said, listen, if they would put somebody that wasn't mm-hmm. just crazy as hell up there, I'd vote for <laughs> somebody that wasn't a Republican every now and then, you know? But uh, this, yeah. you know, that's, that's not the way that, that's not the direction they're going. But, you know, Listen, I, I I thought it was a great bill. I think the yoga bill is a great bill. I thought the innovate bill is a good, uh, good bill, yeah. man. I, I think you've done good work uh, here, and um, and I and I know that uh, the future's bright uh, for you. And so I I hope that uh, you, you hang in there with them, and uh, and you know keep keep fighting the good fight, as we tell everybody that comes on. Keep keep fighting the good fight, and then do what you can. Absolutely. Well, well, they need somebody young and innovative. So I stay around a little bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's, uh, as a representative Jeremy Gray, man, we, we really appreciate you taking the time and, and coming on and, and talking about this and being willing to take the shots with this yoga bill. Yeah. No problem. Thank you for having me. Take it All easy. Right. Thanks, sir. Uh, That's, uh, that, was, uh, that was good stuff with, uh, with Representative Gray. He's, uh, he's good, man. It's, it's good to have young, uh, young guys in there that are, that are thinking and, and trying, to do, uh, trying to do good things. And uh, maybe, it'll, maybe it'll drag that place out of the dark ages. Uh, well, let, let me just be honest and say, that when his face came on screen, on screen, I had I was kind of shocked. I thought he looks like he's not much older than my son. <laughs> oh, but, man. but but I'm impressed. Uh, but I'm impressed with his. Um, I'm impressed with what he had to say and how he handles himself and the and the bills that he's been involved with. So I mean, I'm definitely not one of these. Old, get off my lawn, or you too. Yes, young. you are. No, yes, you are. You look how you try to do him with the vegan stuff. Oh, it's easy to be a vegan now. <laughs> oh, it's easy. I did. You do young whippersnappers, snappers, but you're young with your new vegan nonsense. Yeah, that was a, that was some of that. Uh, I had to walk five miles in the snow. Yeah, exactly. Up, up mountains yeah. to get to school, kind of talk. Exactly. Right. I was picking green onions out of my backyard. To eat. That's. <laughs> You're None right. You're right. You, you caught me on that one. You caught me on that one. But he's a good young man. I, okay, so there it is. I'm I'm outed. He's a good young yeah. man. I'm I'm glad. He is. I'm glad he is. He's he is I tell you that, and, and uh, he's got he's got a lot of uh, a lot of bills kind of related to what he knows, which is about health and, and nutrition. Um, and uh, one of the bills he had this year was about uh, uh, allowing kids uh, putting putting water bottle filling stations in uh, in schools, uh, so kids could carry water bottles and 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 remain uh, hydrated and stuff and drink water and uh, and so it's a lot, there's a lot of things like that that and i think that comes with look we got we got to elect some younger people we got to stop with this Go, i mean yeah. uh, i understand experience is, yeah. is important in, in a lot of cases but man mm-hmm. you know we we need to elect some younger folks in some places and get some new ideas around things man it uh we're we're losing ground in a lot of ways, especially with the way the world's changing and as fast as technology is changing with things. We need to get some people in there that, that keep up with stuff. And uh, uh, otherwise, we're we're going to be further behind than we are. And I mean, 
I mean, come on, we, we got the entire legislatures and, uh, you know, AARP members at this point and this. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I mean, and I mean, in some of, so, you know, I mean, we're talking about people that I know and love as well as people that I oppose. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they, we got to get younger blood in there and, um, and uh, people that are, you know, not just, and I mean, you know, I'm 57, I'm almost 60. I'm not talking about people in their forties. I'm happy to see somebody like representative gray, who looks like he may be in his twenties, his late twenties. That's good. I'm glad to see that. Yeah. It's a, it's a, you know, and you see it from their, from their ideas and the, and the way that they do. And Mm -hmm. it's a, you know, there's not a partisan issue. I'm, I'd I'd be happy with younger Republicans as well. Uh, You know, I think that there, Mm -hmm. there are often a lot of uh, better ideas that come from those guys. And, and, and a lot of the younger Republicans don't have aren't as bigoted as the older Republicans. Right. Uh, so that's right. That's, uh, I think that's also a good thing. And uh, you know, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, a lot of the younger Republicans probably do yoga. Yeah, at least that's in, right. In that's, the privacy of their own yeah, homes. Yeah, some know. of them have even said Namaste every now and then. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's slide out of here, and uh, we'll come back and wrap this baby up with your right wing nut and some other conversation here in just a minute. Alabama politics this week. All righty, welcome back. About ready to uh, wrap this baby up here. Final segment of your. Uh, well, listen, I said it would be a good program. I think so far we've delivered. Uh, you know, it was up to you. Up to we're, you. we're doing our thing. We're doing our. Yeah, thing. we're doing. Our, we're we're doing do, we've done our we job. Do we've we've yep. done our job. If you're if you're disappointed with this, don't listen to the rest of them. Uh, so. <laughs> No, give us another chance. Don't tell them that. Oh, I meant the, the previous ones. I meant oh. the previous ones. Don't, don't listen oh, to them. Maybe, maybe the, hey, listen, maybe the ones in the future will be better. Okay, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Uh, all right. Uh, look, I, I think one, one of the things we, we did want to get to was uh, uh, the Biden speech. Uh, your, your new president uh, gave his 100-day speech uh, on Wednesday night. So uh, last night for us, the you know, two nights ago for uh, for those of you who are listening. Um, and uh, it was good. Uh, a lot of complete sentences, um, you know, uh, which is was a nice change. Um, very little batshit craziness, uh, which was also a nice change. Um, and, I, you know, I think in terms of outright lies, very, very few. Uh, and so I don't know what fact checkers are doing these days, but apparently uh, they're – can take some vacation time. And so, um, you know, well, or they could, you know, fact check the Tim Scott follow-up speech, which was filled with just, just making things up, man. Just, uh, it's, listen, we can have a disagreement on things, but for God's sakes, you can't just make things up. And <laughs> Tim Scott just made some shit up, man. Uh, but uh, I thought Biden was good. Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of programs and a lot of plans in there. And, of course, immediately afterwards, everybody was talking about, you know, it's, oh, it's a new big government approach to everything. And, um, you know, and I, I, I disagree with that. I, I think it's, it is an expansion of a lot of existing programs. Uh, mm-hmm. But these are programs that exist. And so uh, if you have them, there's some worth there. So why not make them better? Uh, and then if in addition to that, you're going to find ways to pay for them, 
uh, which Biden does find ways to pay for them. You may not like the way he pays for them if you're mm-hmm. a wealthy person or a wealthy corporation, but he does find ways to pay for those things. And so if we're improving upon the existing programs and we're finding ways to pay for them, that's not necessarily some gigantic big government approach to things. That's just a reallocation of funding uh, that we have uh, to go into things that have been proven to work for the American people and especially the middle class and poor people in this country. I don't have a problem with that. And I, I think that's pretty much what defines, I know a lot of times people will say Democrats and Republicans are no different. That's really not true. Uh, Democrats and Republicans are remarkably different, especially when it comes to fiscal policy. So basically, you can say the Republican Party exists to preserve wealth for the wealthy. That's what their policies tend to do, you know, uh, to to preserve the wealth of the wealthy. The, The Democratic Party's policies tend to try to provide support and opportunities for the poor and the middle class. That's mm-hmm. really, it's really no more complicated than that. Mm-hmm. And, and the policies, I think, again, if you look at what they both present, the policies sort of speak for themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought, I thought uh, President Biden's speech uh, was, um, I thought it was, you know, it hit on all of the right points, I think, uh, in terms of police reform, white supremacy, Need for healing in the nation, need to the, the need to address gun violence, the need to really uh, stop demonizing immigrants and come up with comprehensive immigration reform. I do think he got one thing wrong though, and I don't think it was an intentional wrong, and it's not something I would charge to his head. I mean, it's not something I would charge to his heart, but I would charge it to, I think, his head. And, and, and it's this myth that, um, you know, the middle class built this country. You know, he said that very directly, the middle class built this country. Well, that's not true. It's not even close to being true. This country was built based on land theft, slave labor, and economic Jim Crow policies. That's what built the that's what built the, the wealth of the United States of America. Now, further down the line, you know, once you get past Jim the Jim Crow era, mm-hmm. if you want to say unions built the middle class, okay, I'll give you that. That's true. But that wasn't until really Jim Crow segregation and specifically the economic impact of Jim Crow segregation mm-hmm. had begun to be to, to be eradicated. So, you know, I would just say, I think even with well-meaning people Mm -hmm. like Joe Biden, I think there is still this tendency to fall prey to these myths that have nothing to do with the facts. And I just wish we would eradicate, you know, stop, stop, you know, we as Americans, all of us need to stop, you know, pretending that this country is something that is not and just deal with what it is. You know, we can move forward and we can heal when we are dealing with what it is and stop drinking the Kool-Aid about the American myth. Yeah, I you know, I, I agree. I think that, uh, you know, one, one of the things I always have a problem with is this romanticizing the past uh, of things um, uh, to the point of, of talking about the good old days. Well, they weren't good old days for a lot of damn people. 
All right. You know, uh, they weren't uh, the good old days uh, for many, many people. They might have been good days for you and your and people who look like you, but they weren't necessarily good days for you. Uh, but, you know, I'll say this. It's, it's OK, uh, you know, to, to disparage Native Americans because they hadn't done anything here uh, anyway. And there's there's very little there's very little of their influence on this country at all. Uh, <laughs> okay, Rick Santor. Yeah, I mean, that's right. I mean, can I honestly, I, I cannot wrap my head around this line of thinking. That from from uh, uh, you know people like Rick Santorum, uh, which I, I, if he's ever I don't care what channel he's on, I'll never watch that channel again. Um, and and I, I just what? Why do you care? Why do you care so much that to 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 make to bend reality to make it seem as though people who look like you were in the right? I, why? Why can't? Why is it so hard? I mean, they look like me, and those people were assholes. All right, they were. They did horrible, horrible things. They stole the land from these people and made them out to be villains for the for the rest of time, and treated them horribly, horribly. Yeah. Oh, oh. The the Native Americans were mean to you. You were stealing their shit. Well, of course That's they were mean to you. What That's do you true. mean? You. I, I mean, I just. It doesn't. Oh, I mean. You know, it just it, that's one of the reasons why it, I, I've written before that it, it's so hilarious to me to watch the Porch Creek Indians in in Alabama slowly take back over the state using our own racism and greed and incompetence against us. Uh, yeah, I mean, because it's it, honestly, it's very pleasing to me to watch that. But uh, it just is, I, man. You know, I. I just don't understand that that mindset that says you know, and you see, you hear it a lot with uh, with slavery and stuff, you know, as well. It's you know, well, they were good, they were nice to those slaves. No, they weren't. And why do you say that? What do, they were? This is what they did. It's not a reflection necessarily on you. Okay, just say they were wrong. I would never treat another human being like that, and I don't know why they did that. I'm sorry. You know, I, I'm sorry for the way they behaved. What, what's so hard about that? I don't. I just don't get it. But you know, well, there's. I mean, as I think has been stated before, there's that fear of retribution. You know that if we ever really apologize, you know, there's a fear of reparations and there's a fear of retribution. The two R's: retribution mm-hmm. and and reparations. So we don't want to. We don't want to see you know, uh, hundreds of trillions of dollars, you know, allocated some way to one group of people, you know, at the expense of everybody else, you know, because mm-hmm. that's the perception of what it would be, which is really not what it would be, but that's what people perceive. And then we also are afraid that if this group of people ever gets into power, what they're going to do is they're going to do to us what was done to them, you know? And so I think that's what that's yeah. what drives a lot of this, along with just the fact that uh, I think when you have power, uh, nothing. You know, I think the the saying goes that power concedes nothing without a struggle. I think mm-hmm. is the is the is the old saying. And so, uh, in fact, it might have been Frederick Douglass who said that. Um, and so, there's you know, I think there's that as well. You know, you just you know, yeah, you got I mean, power, but you don't want to give it up. Uh, and I and I guess it's uh, it's an also as many people have have pointed out to me over the years. There's an inability with a lot of folks uh, to imagine that other people aren't as cruel and inhumane as they are. Mm. Uh, you know, and um, and I think that there's some truth to that. That it's uh, you those people cannot imagine 
relinquishing that power and someone who then gains that power, not treating them the way that they've treated others. And so, I, you know, I, I guess uh, I guess that's true. I just, you know, I, I've never never approached life like that. So I don't, you know, I, I it just is such a to, to hear Rick Santorum say that and to imagine a person actually thinking it. It's just such a it's such an idiotic thing. Number one, it's it's so idiotically false. It's insane. And then it's so idiotic to to want to defend this to that degree as though there's like, you know, like they're, they're your daughter or something, you know, that you're defending here when it's like a bunch of dudes in the past that you don't know. And then why are you defending them? You know, I mean, why? Why are you doing that? I just didn't, it didn't you know, listen, hey, man, the Nazis looked a lot like us, too. I'm not defending them. So right. it just, I, I hey, don't know. Hey, before we go to our right wing note of the week, can I just say also uh, a real nice, real nice moment to see Vice President Harris and Speaker Pelosi oh, yeah. seated behind the president. I, I think that was cool. A, yeah. a beautiful moment in history. I did miss Mike Pence and his fly. Uh, but um, <laughs> I'd forgotten about the fly. Yeah, I think the fly was at the debate, actually. But it it's was, still, but it's still, still part of, yeah. you know, you just think yeah. of him and you think about. Yeah, he's going to bring the fly with him. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, a lot of speculation on why that fly loved him so much. But uh, um, That's funny, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Right wing of the week is uh, is Alabama Attorney General Steve Marshall. Um, and it's very deserved. Uh, this week, Steve Marshall announced that he is leaving uh, the National Association of Attorneys General, uh, National Group of Attorneys General. It's the, it's the, uh, the common uh, group that all attorneys general uh, join up with. Uh, they provide research and, you know, you can call them for a background on things. And, uh, and so it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, they, you know, they do training and workshops and do all this stuff together and they get together and have meetings and stuff. And it's, you know, it's supposed to be a helpful resource for your AG and his office, uh, you know, staffers can call for information on, you know, lawsuits or, you know, the background on things, looking up histories and things like that. They, they have a, a pretty big news file, uh, with clippings and stuff like that, that they can, uh, access and, and get to you. But, uh, you know, he, he left that one because it's just moved too far to the left, just too far to the left. This, this, uh, thing the the immediate past president last year's past president was the AG from Louisiana, the Republican Landry, uh, down there. That was their immediate past president. Well, they elected a black guy. Um, uh, uh, the, the, the Washington DC AG, uh, is their, is their new, uh, is their new president. And uh, his agenda was, uh, stamping out hate. Uh, the people versus hate, uh, you know, it's a, a fight for humanity is their new goal, which, and God knows Steve Marshall can't be a part of that. Um, and, but I thought the most interesting thing is, is he's not, he has not decided to leave the Republican Attorney General's Association, which uh, if you'll recall, it was the Republican Attorney General's Association that played a pretty big role in the big lie uh, about election fraud, encouraged or pre-wrote and, and encouraged the signing on to a lot of those big lie lawsuits uh, that were out there, including the one that Alabama signed on to, that Steve Marshall signed on to and went on television defending and uh, and supporting these lawsuits, despite the fact that the thing that he was defending it contained a, a, a challenge to the exact same election laws that Alabama had changed. Right. Uh, the exact same thing. And so he, he, but you know, 
irony. Um, and so uh, it's he doesn't leave that one. And in addition to that, he also does not uh, he has not given up his chairmanship of the Rule of Law Defense Fund, which is an offshoot, a dark money group for the Republican Generals uh, Association, a Republican Attorneys General Association. Uh, and he is the chairman of that group. And that is the group that paid for and uh, and pushed the robocalls, uh, encouraging people to go to that uh, January 6th rally uh, and encourage them to to march on the Capitol and uh, and protest the uh, the election results which, as we all know, turned into one of the ugliest scenes in American history and uh, and people storming our Capitol, looking, trying to kill the vice president and other members of Congress, uh, did kill a police officer and four other individuals, uh, attacked cops with poles and bats and uh, everything else. Uh, matter of fact, Don Lemon, I believe, uh, interviewed a police, a Capitol police officer this past week on CNN and, and yeah. talked extensively about the treatment and just how uh, horribly they were beaten and um, and cursed and uh, and all the terrible things that went on and this is the group that hey still in that group though still in that yeah. group yeah and he's not the only police officer who's spoken out yeah about the treatment they received some of some black police officers said they were called the n word and so mm-hmm. forth uh, but uh, yeah so Steve so Steve Marshall. Um, basically is an accessory to the insurrection is what you're saying. Indeed. Yeah. And and listen, he's still carrying on this investigation into himself, um, which no update on that yet. Uh, that's been going on since investigation into himself. Oh yeah. He promised, uh, he promised an investigation on how those, uh, he didn't know anything about those robocalls that encouraged that. So Uh, he's going to investigate that fund. Yeah, he's going to investigate himself, basically. Um, okay. And so, I mean, there have been three people that resigned from from Braga over this. And uh, matter of fact, somebody just resigned in the last couple of weeks, um, and uh, and said that you know that the, the group had had just lost its way, and um, uh, because so of the way. It so was he's going to. So he's. We're supposed to respect him investigating the very thing that he was that he was responsible for. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, that's you know, I, I don't. I don't probably respect it. It's a self proctology, uh, yeah. uh, exp- pro- proctological examination. I well, I, listen, I would trust him on that one because I think he's got his head there. So, uh, uh, but um, you know, that's. Uh, I think that's he, he would be able to see around in there quite well. Um, but um, <laughs> well, I, I open the door for that. I, that's, so that's I, I, I take. Yeah, I mean, listen, you teed it up. There was no way I wouldn't. Gonna, <laughs> I don't think we're going to take a swing. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, listen, I, so that's our, that's our right wing nut. That's uh, Steve Marshall and uh, he's earned it. I, I don't know what it's going to take from, from the Steve Marshalls and, and some of these other people of the world for, for folks to, to turn on them and to stop uh, putting up with this nonsense uh, like this and uh, to stop with the frivolous lawsuits and the wasting of our taxpayer money on these things. Um, and I honestly, I don't, I don't know what it's going to take. Listen, and I'll tell you this, this is the same thing from the Democrats that do these things where they're suing uh, all the time. You know, the Democrats did this a lot under Trump. And some of those lawsuits were so absurd. I mean, they were never going to go anywhere. It was just a waste of time and money and and, and people's resources on these things. And it, and it's, it needs to stop. And that, that sort of thing needs to stop. And to get back to what attorney, attorneys general are supposed to do, uh, which is defend the people of the state, look out for consumer corruption that, that, that's taking, taking money out of people's pockets – 
which we don't hear any damn press releases on that from Steve Marshall, for God's sakes. Get something right. done there. Uh, right. You know, it's got to be a satellite company ripping people off somewhere. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, here we are. So, all right. Listen, I thought it was an A show. Uh, I did. I, I mean, okay. I think we I think okay. we put together an A show. Uh, we didn't get to like two thirds of the things we wanted to talk about. We had a long list. We had a long <laughs> we did. list. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, you know, we, we I think we hit on all the things that we wanted to talk about. And really, it's we do the show for us. Uh, and. <laughs> And if you want to listen, don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> don't say that. Uh, not, well, we do the show for us because you know we we feel like we we know what's going on, and if we're interested in it, we feel like you would be interested. In it. Well, we we definitely think that uh, that the things we talk about are things that Alabamians need to be thinking about. So. Right. All right, we're gonna we're gonna slide out for this week, and uh, you listen. Now I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, you know, if you didn't, come back next week. It'll be a whole different show. We promise. Yeah, completely, yeah. completely. Except for show. the two hosts, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And the production and the way it's formatted. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Till next week, y'all have a good time. Peace. Peace.